I'm Demi. I'm Melinda. And we're here to talk all things mum juggles, struggles and baby bubbles and everything in between. Oh my God. Also, we just learnt that we actually have to tell people to leave us a rating and review. <laughs> so if you could, that would be fab because we didn't realise they're so important and it yeah. actually goes a long way for they a really podcast. Anyway, well, this is our ninth episode. Number Can you believe nine. it? No. No, <laughs> it's crazy. I'm actually so enjoying them. Yeah, same. And I feel like... I didn't realise, like, I didn't realise how much feedback we'd get after every episode mm. as well. People being like, oh, I really liked that. I really, or people just randomly messaging us. And I'm like, yeah. oh, so nice for you to take time out of your day. <laughs> I know. Even people that I know, like, that would be like, oh, I just sent to the potty. And I'm like, oh, really? I just am so shocked when people are like, oh, I just listen to the potty. So what are we discussing today? We thought we'd chat, well, we thought we'd actually dive into birth and, and marriages, no. <laughs> <laughs> birth and feeding. Yes. So we actually had people contact us saying like, mm. I want to hear your birth stories. Mm. I want to hear about your feeding journey, which we have shared on our social media, but obviously with I this. I feel like we've shared heaps on it, but it, we've had so many new, an influx of new followers, especially yes. since starting the podcast. Yes. And we've probably shared it like years ago now. Yeah. Well, we've written a couple of blogs on the website, but like who, I don't even know who reads blogs anymore. Probably no one. Exactly. Do you like no blogs? one has time. No, no one has time to read, which no. is hence the podcast world mm. has taken off. Yeah. Um, so we thought we'd just touch on these stories so relevant to our business target market so yeah well let's get into it you can start with scarlet birth birth okay so i'm pretty sure everyone would know that i've had three caesars scarlet was breach um i was 20 just turned 27 when um we had her so i was a 26 year old first time pregnant mum to be Mm -hmm. (laughs) um and Again, didn't really know much about breech babies, cesareans or anything like that. Um, And she was breached the entire pregnancy. Every scan I went to, she was up the wrong way, (laughs) as they say. Um, And at maybe like 30 weeks when I saw my obstetrician or maybe even a bit later, 34 weeks, um, I think I was there with Mitch and he said, all right, well, we're going to book your Caesar date. Okay. And I was like – Oh, right. Meanwhile, I had fucking done everything under the sun to try and make a turn. <laughs> and like Mitch was burning goddamn moxie sticks at the end of my toes. Don't ask. I was going to ask Don't ask. what that is. I'm not going to. Um, but, you know, I think that's that difference of natural ways. And my, my obstetrician was like, you can do as much as you possibly can. But at the end of the day, your baby's going to do what your baby's got. Babies are meant to turn. They're naturally supposed to turn but they don't always turn. So talk to me about when you first heard the word, the term breach, where yep. you're like, what's this? What uh, does that I mean for I me? I probably knew that term by, by the time I'd had a few scans, like, and not the thought much of it. Like there was just a terminology to say the head was under the ribs as opposed to being okay. head down. And then yeah. when you first heard you're having a cesarean. Yeah. Well, I think quite like, 20-week scan, breach, like it just kept going breach, breach. So I think I started thinking about it and then my obstetrician's like, if she doesn't turn, you'll we, we bring the Caesar forward a couple of weeks. Um, and and they say yeah. it's so blasé, but at the time were you like so scared? Um, I was probably more disappointed at the start because I just never thought that that's the way that you deliver babies. Again, I didn't know any different than yeah. I just assumed everyone had the option to – push their baby out there for Jana. Yeah. Um, for Jana. For Jana. Um, at the time, I think I remember coming out of my obstetrician's office saying, crying. Oh, okay. Um, and Mitch was just like not phased. He was like, I'm so content with this. Like I don't have to watch you in 
as in he said pain, yeah. you know, like contractions and stuff because he'd heard horror stories. Mm-hmm. Um, and Oh, I'm glad it's all worked out for me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then um, when my obstetrician was like booking me in and all that, he just said to me, Demi, this is not going to be on your driver's licence. And I remember that so clearly because looking back to that pregnancy and I've, I know I've spoken about it before, but the comments that I would get about, the cesarean, mm-hmm. you know, it was taken away from me. I think that's the part that hurt the most that I didn't have the opportunity to try to then have an emergency C- Caesar. Yeah. I think that was the hardest pill to swallow. Um, but I had the most amazing experience. She was 10 or 12 days early back then. Um, tw- 10 actually. Um, and I didn't know any different. It was scary. Yes. Because I'd never had surgery. But I remember um, one of my girlfriend's mum is a midwife at the uh, hospital that I delivered at and I was going through everything with her. I actually went to her house and she drew a full diagram of – is that the right word? Uh, Or a timeline? Oh, yeah, a picture, diagram. Diagram, yeah, Um, of what what the seas is going to look like. She was like, okay, so we're going to go into this room here. This is where you're going to get your – not your epidural, your spinal block. Okay. This is, um, I'm going to be right here. Mitch will be standing here. Um, Then we're going to move into the theatre and you'll be like, these are the people that will be around you. And if you feel nauseous, I'm going to put a face washer on your forehead. Couldn't recommend it high enough. Like I could not recommend doing something like that more. Okay. I think that suits your personality though. Like your personality is really controlled, organisation. Well, I never had surgery either. No. So I had no, I had no idea what a theatre looked like. Yeah, yeah. Um, And... I've since then given other mums going in for cesareans that exact talking to about how nauseous you can feel when you get all the um, drugs put in you and, you know, you'll see these bright lights, blah, 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 and they have all said thank you so much for brief, like basically briefing me on that because okay. I'm so glad that I knew um, that I just knew to ask for um, anti-nausea straight from the start. And I was so glad that I had that midwife there with me at the time because she was just like, do you feel sick? And I was like, yes. Like I felt sick instantly. Um, it took so long for the anesthetist to get the spinal block into my back mm. to the point that she actually said, oh, I'm sorry, my love, this doesn't usually happen. Of course. And I'm like <laughs> hunched back, like, you know, bent over trying to get a spinal block put in and you know, my belly. Um, and the midwife, Deb, was she's there thinking, fuck, if they can't get this in her back, she has to go under and Mitch can't be in the room. Oh. So, like, she's just sitting there trying to be so calm. I didn't know this at the time. Um and yeah, so she was like, get it in, just get that spinal block in, you know, she's, cause she knew what could have happened. Anyway, went in, Caesar was amazing. Recovery was amazing. Amazing. Like I have nothing bad, bad at to all say. to say. It was amazing. Okay. So looking back now, if you could tell any future parents that are potentially going through having a seizure and have to grieve the process of uh, vaginal birth. A vaginal birth. Yeah. Now- I'm on the other side of it and never having another baby or having another cesarean and I don't think about it. So it like, becomes a I very distant memory. It's like, just, it just, the kids are here. Like I don't meet my friends now in life and be like, hey, so how did you deliver? You know, <laughs> yeah. like I haven't, like maybe it's setting conversation about birth, but nothing to the level of in, of like how much I spoke about it back then. Yeah. And then even going through the, the having the boys to everyone else having kids around me at that time like it was just a 
topic that everyone speaks about. It's like it consumes you, birth and feeding. It just consumes everyone in that space. When you're in it. Yeah. Oh, and then when you're out on the other side, I'm like, I don't speak about so irrelevant birth <laughs> on a day-to-day basis anymore. Yeah. Like for our business, yes, but as a Joe, normal Joe Blow going about my day. No, like, no. It, like, it, yeah. And you know what? As my obstetrician said, it's not on my driver's license. No, you're not going to put it on your resume. No, like no nowhere. one's to ever no know. And yeah, yeah. Okay. So that was Scarlet. Yeah, right. Yeah. And then Cloud Nine, my recovery was amazing. Um, I had no, nothing. Nothing. And you went private. Was private, yeah. yes. Yes. Yeah. So I delivered at St. John of God in Geelong. And then uh, Epworth. Epworth, because my obstetrician moved um, out to Epworth after I had her. Mm -hmm. Um, And then I had the boys out there. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. So that's probably like the biggest, I guess, story around that season because it was the first one. Yeah. Um, uh, Let's talk about Leo because that's probably a completely different story to the girls. Yeah. Yeah. So all my three pregnancies were really different. Um, Not pregnancies, the births were really different. So with Leo, um, I've touched on it before. He's recently had a major lung surgery. The surgery went for about six or seven hours to remove a cyst. So I found out about the cyst on his lung at the 21-week ultrasound. The ultrasound lady just put a question mark on his ultrasound and I was just staring at it, kind of laughing. And then she just walked out of the room. She goes, you need to go see a doctor. And I'm like, okay. And like Aaron was with me too. And he said, there's a cyst. And yeah, I went home. Like I cried, sorry, I just like bawled to Aaron because we just didn't know what it meant Mm. at that time. Um, And I had to then go back to work. I was doing eyelash extensions at the time. And of course, every client was like, oh my God, how's the pregnancy going? And I was just like, yeah, good. But didn't cry. Did not cry until after every client left the room. I'd then bawl my eyes out. Mm. Finished off the day because I would never cancel someone's lashes. I mean, I know how important that is. And then went home that night, like funneled lasagna in my mouth. I can't explain how much lasagna I ate. Yes. It was actually leftover. Anyway. And then I said to myself, the moment I put my feet on the ground. I'm going to allow myself to just cry tonight getting this diagnosis because my whole world shook. Like, mm. And then I just said to myself, okay, the moment I put my feet on the ground tomorrow morning when I get out of bed, I'm not upset. And from that moment on, I wasn't like – I didn't let myself stress about it mm-hmm. as well. And I just said the only thing in my control is my stress levels. Mm-hmm. I'm not stressing because that's the one thing I control. And I feel like that's what kept it at a safe size throughout the entire pregnancy it definitely grew so from then on we had ultrasounds every two weeks up at um royal women so i was discharged i went public i was going through geelong hospital but i ended up getting discharged and had to go through royal Royal women's Mm -hmm. and um yeah and they so i went there and watched it grow over the next nine month periods there was times where i had to go in for weekly ones because they were like it's growing at a faster pace and they were scared of like heart failure Anyway, so I ultimately had to then move to Melbourne. So they put me up in housing up there near the hospital because I couldn't deliver. How in many July weeks? For like three or four weeks. Or so you're like, like 36 weeks pregnant yeah, when yeah. you moved up there. Yeah. I fought hard to stay in Geelong as long as physically possible. Like I really resisted the change. Like I just didn't want change. Shock. I'm shocked. Shock, shock factor zero. <laughs> <laughs> really, really like, yeah, I had to A, grieve a normal pregnancy. Like I was just like, you know, like – I just wanted to like have a baby. I didn't have a baby shower. I didn't do any of those things because I couldn't celebrate it because I'm like, I don't know if this baby will come out A, breathing or alive or I didn't Is know what was going to happen. Is that the advice you'd been given or like were you like – It's just what I did. 
I don't know. I didn't yeah, I know, but told. has people tell you that it was dangerous? Like, are you in? Are you? Oh, yeah. Considered high risk? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So it was. Um, the so you're getting information from specialists telling you that you're high risk. We don't know what's going to happen yes. when you give birth. Yes. Yes. Sorry. Because you yeah. don't actually use your lungs in the ba- the baby doesn't mm. use their lungs in the yeah. belly. So um, yeah, that I had like a team of doctors at my yeah. vagina when I was pushing him out because mm-hmm. they're like, can he use his lungs yeah, when he was born? Yeah. But um, yeah, there was times when the one of the obstetricians, so we were seeing like the head ob at um, women's and she was like, she spoke really like blunt to us. So I ended up really liking her at the start. I hated her because I was like, she just doesn't care. But she was like, they don't care. They're like, she like was, they care. They care, but they, but it's, you're just another, I'm another, another yeah. it's another fetus. And she's yes. like, she's like, yes, well, if it keeps growing at this rate, um, we, the fetus won't survive. And I was like, um, okay. So like, yeah, every week, fortnight or whatever we're getting ultrasounds for was like a roller coaster. Mm. Like I just hated, I hated it. Um, but <clears throat> remained calm, like I said. And anyway, so moved to Melbourne. Uh, I got induced, um, at just a gel at, oh, do you know, I can't remember the time. I think it was four days shy of full term. Though. Yeah. Okay. And then I, I thought you went pretty close to full term. Yeah. They yeah. wanted you as long as, but I think your lungs are Can the last thing to develop. Yep. So they wanted them as big as possible, but they wanted to make sure I sort of delivered there. So they put yep. the gel in, um, it worked straight away, which was good. But then, so I started feeling cramps straight away. Instantly, I was like, I just can't handle it. I need an epidural. So I <laughs> don't say it like that. But that's exactly what happened. Because <laughs> like, when we talk about the next few births, it's very different. <laughs> so I think because I had in my head that um, induction means pain. That's what everyone told me. They're like, nah, inductions hurt so much more. Like, I wish no one told me that. Like, I'm the exact opposite to you. Ignorance is bliss for me. Like, if someone painted a map for me, I wouldn't like it. And mm. I, like I always say, don't tell me what you're doing. I don't want to know. I just want to do it. So anyway, Mm-mm. got an epidural, which is fine. Yeah. It was great after that. Um, and I got the drip. Epidural went in fine. Everything was great. Um, Fast forward to actually pushing. So I had to push for two hours, full episiotomy and used forceps. And um, he came out and he was perfectly fine. I was devastated at the time because I remember as Leah was being born, there was a Kesha song on and I was just (laughs) like, of all the songs, Kesha. Why is Kesha my song? (laughs) Anyway, um, so he came out he was perfectly healthy. He was fine. Um, Since then we just had – we just watched his growth He's had a great immune system. We're so lucky. And ultimately after five or so years we had a CT scan and he had the surgery. But we can talk about the surgery another day and I'll talk very much into that. Yeah, I reckon that's um, a good episode, like a good chat for another day. Yes, yes. But that's Leo's birth. And now you wouldn't know. Now I wouldn't know. Like even pre-surgery you wouldn't know. No. Like you wouldn't think that of him. Yeah, exactly. He has like – the most energy he's yeah. never no child has ever outran him no child you know energizer bunnies like he's the human form of one like they yeah. should put like a battery ad revolved around just leo because that's like what he's like yeah but no nah, he's never let it phase him so that's been really good and we've sort of obviously it's hovered over our heads that he's had this like growing mm-hmm. cyst because it pushed his heart over ultimately it was like i think six centimeters so you can imagine that for a little baby totally but He's fine. Everyone's yep. fine. He was born asymptomatic. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. So, Ollie. Ollie. Um, breach again. Um, was head down maybe at the start of my first few scans. What um, was your care factor that he was breach again? Were you kind of like, 
I was just like, it is what it is. Yeah. Um, my obstetrician did check my uterus to see if it was the shape of my uterus, like the, as to why she didn't turn. Um, but he said that it wasn't. Um, and then, so then when I had Ollie, yeah, going into it, I was like shock factor. Like this is just, it is what it is. I've done it before. Um, I was probably not more nervous getting the spinal block this time because I knew that if they can't get it in, I would have to go under. Yeah. So I was more aware of that. So I was pretty nervous about that. So I booked my Caesar for the Sunday morning. I know I, I booked it for a weekend purely because my husband was going to get surgery in Tasmania. Like so that's not a thing to be able to book later. it? No, nah, not really. Yeah. When we were there, that um, everyone working there was like, geez, Michael Shembury must like you because he never would book a Caesar on a Sunday. Wow. But I think because, yeah, Mitch was having surgery, I was like, I can't have surgery like one day and Mitch go to Tasmania the next week and – have surgery. Mm-hmm. So yeah, we booked it for the Sunday morning and then all ready to go, like organized it with mum. I think you knew that I was going yeah. in. Like we didn't really tell many people because it was so exciting messaging people to be like, we've had a baby. baby. Yeah. Yes, I did know you were going in because I yeah. was waiting by my phone for whatever colour love heart you were going to send me yeah, to tell me what gender. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Longest day. Um, and the Caesar was booked for 9am. So we arrive at 7am to start, you know, getting changed and filling out forms and whatnot. And my waters broke at 2.30 in the morning. <laughs> so I got up to go to the toilet. Was it like the full break or like a partial rupture thing? You know I, how sometimes it can trickle down and just a little bit or was yours just like? Well, it wasn't like the movies where no, like a obviously. balloon has burst. <laughs> but so I went to the toilet, weed, went mm. back to bed and then thought, shit, I'm still weeing. I need to go back to the toilet. <laughs> You're just still peeing. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and then as I, as I was got to the toilet, as I got to the bathroom, so look, I'm looking at the toilet, there was – my undies were full of water and there was water on the floor. Oh, my God. Was that so scary considering your – It was – I was just in shock. I was like, Mitch, I think my waters are broken. And he's like – what? Like, because you just don't think it's going to happen no. when you've got your elective Caesars booked in, you know? Mm. Um, and apparent, like I could have, I could have had a VBAC should he had have been head down because I'd only had the one Caesar. Um, but because his head was the wrong way around, um, I did the Caesar again. I'm going to say 10 days early again. Um, and yeah, I, Went up to my mum's room. Mum was in bed with Scarlett, I think, having a snuggle. And I was like, mum, mum, I think my water's is broke. <laughs> She's like jumped out of bed. And they're like, we're like inspecting the toilet floor. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, I just rang the hospital and they were like, you know what they're like, like, and you know. know what it would be like with births and stuff. They know that you don't need to fucking get in an ambulance and quickly go in there. Mm-hmm. But for me, I was like, what the fuck's going on? Yeah. Like- so I just rang and I said, this has happened. They're like, look, come in. Your Caesar's booked for the morning anyway. Yeah. So unless the baby is, um, you know, you go on those monitors to be monitored. What are they called? I don't know, but I know what you're you know talking, what I'm talking about. about. Those monitors, they put the one, we'll paint a picture, the ones they put on your tummy. Yeah. Is that what you're talking yeah, like about? Yeah, like a big band and And you can things. see when they yes. kick and they can So monitor. they just, I went in, um, they checked. I ended up putting on a pad so they could monitor the amount of um, fluid I was losing and then um, monitor the baby. And because baby was so content, like heart rate was totally normal. They're like, look, let's not rush an emergency Caesar right now because emergency is like everyone's running here, there and everywhere. Okay. You're booked for 9 a.m. Let's just – unless things change, go go to sleep and um, like in the hospital. Yes, obviously. And then Mitch just went to sleep and I'm like, what the fuck, man? How am oh I supposed God. to just – 
go to sleep. I know. Just sleep. You're just going like, to have another baby tomorrow. I'm having my baby in the morning. <laughs> it is, by this time, it was like 4 a.m. Anyway, I was just like, I always just wanted to also make sure I could feel him moving. Yeah. Um, because I was, not that I knew the gender, I shouldn't say him, but I always it. wanted to make sure I can feel baby moving. Because like, part of me was like, is everything okay? Mm. But everything was totally fine. Um, yeah, went in. Again, the anaesthetist just could not get the spinal block what in my back. What is the go with that? It's like skinny fat on your back. <laughs> so jealous of your skinny fat. They probably it's had like, a field day with mine. They're like, let's just shove it in anywhere. It's it's something to do with the amount of skin you can maybe pull, pull or something yeah, to get so a you, So you didn't have much? <laughs> is it like the skinniest part of your bod? Like I've got really good like skinny fat on my yeah, back. They can't get a spinal block in. Can't get I a spinal had told um, the anaesthetist at the time they they struggled to get the um, spinal block in last time. They're like, stop bragging. Yeah, I she, get it. And then she's, he or she, and then she said to me, Oh, I can understand why that they struggled to get it in because she couldn't get it in either. Here I am, like, no, nah, they got everything in so easy. <laughs> Just got so much back fat. Uh, so it's the first of December. Mm-hmm. They were like, "What music do you want to play?" I know what you're going to say, and I love Christmas carols, yeah. so they put Christmas carols on. Um, so I'm pretty sure we had Michael Bublé on at the time. It's a bit better than Kesha. <laughs> and so Spinal Block still again took ages to go in. Um, felt so nauseous, so nauseous that it felt like I was nauseous for half an hour. Oh, get out. And even though I had warned them how nauseous I feel, by the time they got the anti-nausea into me, I had said to Mitch, I am never having another baby again <laughs> because I, I felt so sick in that moment that I didn't know if I was going to vomit that way or that way. And I was panic, starting to panic thinking, this is going to ruin my birth, you know, if, if I'm vomit. vomiting here, there and everywhere, which I'm sure it doesn't no. because people just like clear it up and you get on with it because I've heard That's people it. do it all the time. But in my head, it was like, Demi, it was like 30 seconds and I was like, never again. This is our last baby. Oh, my God. That actually reminds me right now when you say that when I was trying to push Leo out because I had had an epidural, I couldn't feel it. I remember it kept saying, like, this makes me sound like the big Steve Oh, God. I kept saying you that are a diva. I'm like, I'm like, is my face going red? Like, when I'm pushing, he's like, and I'm like, I kept being so afraid of pooing. Like, and he's like, yeah. And they're like, you haven't, you haven't. But I know, like. Aaron would like freak out probably if he saw that. But they're like, you haven't, you haven't. But if you do, like, that's good. Yeah. But I remember just being, kept being like, what's my face? Is my face red? Oh, my goodness. No one would have thought that, Mel. <laughs> I know now, but like I just oh. hated it. Um, so, yeah, that was Ollie. Okay. Um, Earthside again, fab. Earthside fab. Nothing sent you the blue love heart. Oh, um, he so was tiny. Shocked. He was two point nine kilos. He was tiny, tiny. And you, you were so shocked to get a boy. So shocked. So you had girl, then boy. I had boy, and then girl. What came yeah. next? Yeah, or girl, obviously. Um, and I think that's really all from Bad Ollie. Yeah. Like, I guess the difference is my waters broke. But yeah, so scary. But breach again, you know. And I was like, my body. That's just what your body does. What my body does. Yeah. So my second was obviously Penelope, my daughter. So um. I got um, – there was full – I think I went 10 days over and then they did like a stretch and sweep and um, I went home that day and um, – Did you have a cheeseburger that day? Yes, I did go to Macca's I and I that. also had a crepe from Panache. <laughs> so it's like I tried to eat the baby out 
Um, <laughs> but um, actually going through that ultrasound period, I, I've never been more scared of ultrasounds because and I kept requesting more ultrasounds. So again, yeah, I, I remember public. you saying you, wanted, you were happy to pay for more ultrasounds. Yeah, I paid. I, yeah. I can't remember how much they were, but I'm like, give me more. I want yeah. more. Yeah. Like, because ultrasounds were so scary. There was one ultrasound where I had to get Leo babysat and Aaron – forgot I had an ultrasound and didn't come home and I'm like I hate you I'm like you know how nervous I get for ultrasounds 21 week ultrasound so scary anyway she was totally fine whole pregnancy um so I had the stretch and sweep went home lab I think cats were playing that night actually just yeah, we play, we played West Coast. Yes, yes, exactly. And so um, random that I remember that. Yeah, that's weird. Yeah, I rem- yeah. So even more weird. I, I remember think it was that. In really. Perth. It was in Perth too. Oh right. Yeah. Okay. Well, so I got home, um, and throughout the day, like I felt cramping, but I just thought it was stretch and sweep cramping. So um, I didn't really think too much of it. We ate dinner that night. Still didn't think too much of it. My pains got it progressively worse, but again full denial mode and yeah eventually I went into his room I can't remember what time maybe it was like what 11 or 12 mm-hmm. o'clock at night I it's more closer to midnight yeah and I'm like oh I could be in labor and he's just like okay turns out I was completely timing my contractions wrong so I'm pretty sure you could contractions are like a bell curve I didn't realize you meant to time it from the time the pain starts to the time it completely goes I was just timing the peak so they were already really close together. I'd already called my midwife and I'm just like, and I had two midwives, I was in the midwifery program and they're both of them are like, you sound fine, I think you're fine. But I'm like, they're like, it's weird that they seem close together. It turns out they were way closer together than what I had given them the times because I was timing them wrong. Mm. Like I was only getting the shortest time. And I got through the contractions a little bit too well because then my water's broken, I needed to push. So I got to like 10 centimetres or whatever. And I'm like, and my body just started like, pushing the baby out and I'm like Aaron and I just walked out I'm like Aaron Aaron I'm the baby the baby's coming out and his face was just like and then for Aaron to leave the house with lights on which he'd never do usually Your parents flip, had come over yeah my yeah. no I had to call we had to wait for them to come over oh so they were freaking out because they like I'm rushed over that. yeah yeah, yeah. <clears throat> they'd like sprinted over we were waiting for them and as soon as I got there we were out the door like I said, lights on, everything. Usually Aaron's like, turn all the lights off. <laughs> so anyway, I got to Geelong, so from Ocean Grove to Geelong in four contractions. So in hindsight, it would have been much better if we had called an ambulance or something like that. It would have been much safer, but we had to speed in. I had to shut my legs at that point. Like I was holding her in essentially. We got to the hospital and like rung the doorbell thing and I'm like, the baby's coming out. Like, can you help me? And like, Again, like I never leave my bags in a car with a door open or anything. Did that too. So, you know, it's like dire straits at that point. And then I walked in just expecting this team to run to me. No one ran to me. It was really like, I'm like, why show this on movies if it doesn't happen in real life? No one ran to me. And then I just stood there going, help, like the baby's coming. And then um, this lady walks up to me and she just kind of like felt like she's like, oh, there it is. And she goes, all right, we've got to walk to room six, which felt like 10 kilometres away, but it was just like three rooms should away. should have got you a wheelchair. Should have got me a wheelchair. Totally. As soon as I laid on the bed, pushed Penelope out. At this stage, I didn't know I was a girl and I was desperate for a girl, like desperate. All I wanted was a daughter named Penelope. And then they, yeah, it was like the best moment. To this day, it's like the happiest moment of my life and our happiest no moment. No worries, Leo and Valerie. No, but like, <laughs> no, because I got the girl. Like totally. I couldn't believe it. It was like yeah. the first time in my life where I was just like, oh my God, I got what I wanted. Like I just got what I wanted and yeah. it was amazing. And Aaron, like when he told me, they're like, it's a girl. And I'm like, it's a 
girl. I couldn't believe it. Like if I didn't have a daughter named Penelope, I was getting a dog calling it Penelope. Like I needed a Penelope in my life. And yeah, and it was just the best, quickest birth, um, quickest everything because I just, yeah, it was just quick. Um, I'm pretty sure you delivered at like 3am or something. Oh yeah. And And then then you got hungry jacks at 7am when you left. No, that was Valerie. That was Valerie. But with Penelope, I also left as soon as my paperwork was done. So I never made it to the ward. Yeah. So I just left the hospital. I just wanted to get home. And like when my parents heard the garage door opening, when they like, they just assumed it was Aaron coming home and then I roll in with a baby. They're like, what are you doing here? Like go back to hospital, Melinda. Um, With Valerie, with Penelope, sorry, I only needed a few stitches. Mm -hmm. I still tore, but not like, I didn't need in like an episiotomy or anything. So that was Penelope. Quick sticks. Go straight to Valerie while we're on it. Okay. So Valerie, um, I thought, so I was in like, I'm like, yep, I was too paranoid of like missing labor. So I was like, obviously from my last labor, I was like, that was so quick and I was scared of missing it again. So as soon as I felt contractions, this was like what, 1am maybe I started to feel, I'm like, okay, we're on here. Um, I think I lost like my mucus plug thingy. Same deal must have happened with Penelope, but I didn't realize it was a thing. Probably should do birth classes really. (laughs) And then, um, yeah, and so I, I went to hospital a bit prematurely like because I, I was really scared of not trusting what the pains were and not trusting my body was – I'm like maybe I just have a really high pain threshold. And I got to hospital and um, like my parents had come over, everything was fine and I got there and they're like, you're only you're four centimetres dilated, you can pretty much go home. And I'm like that was like the most deflating feeling. Like you'd worked it up in your head. Like I was like, I'm going to have a baby and then getting sent home from hospital is really depressing. And it was like the worst mood I'd ever been in. Like it was my lowest of low. Like I'd already told you, I was like, I'm going in to have the baby. And then after that moment, I could not talk to anyone. Like could not talk to another soul. I like um, instantly started having lower back pain instead of normal contraction pains along your tummy. So I am... I'd never had that before. So obviously she'd like rolled on, moved to the back or something like that. And I was having these intense lower back pains. I think within an hour or two, I was back in hospital and Aaron had to speed over to drop the other kids off at my parents or something like that. And I was like, get home, hurry up because I'm going to have this, like it's, the pain is so intense now. And it had really, I really hated that labor, um, especially being in a bad mood as well. Mm. And I, yeah, and um, got to hospital and delivered within, I think, 20 minutes or something like that. I had to deliver on all fours, actually, because the that. back pain was so bad. Yep. So I had to sit, yeah, on all fours. As soon as my water broke, instantly that's when my babies come. So mm. it's like the water is the only thing in the way between me and the baby. Um, How many days over were you with Valerie? Same, so same. 10. Yeah. yeah, and I think we would have done a stretch and sweep. As yeah. well. Yeah. Um, they weren't going to let me go any more over as well. I just must have like a really comfy womb. Yeah. You know? <laughs> you must. <laughs> They're just so, trying to snug so and warm. So they just don't want to evacuate. <laughs> so right now I swear like nowadays I'm more, every time she's like stage five clinger, I'm like, do you just want to climb back up the womb? Yeah. Like I know that you do. <laughs> you get so much Nutella in there. No. And anyway, but yeah, I went from being in a really excited mood like I'm in labour to then being so so deflated in mm. the worst mood to then having these excruciating back pains, which I didn't plan for. And I was expecting like the front pains, which I knew. Mm. Anyway, and then she came earthside really quickly. She was super hairy and um, they're like, it's a girl. And I was like, oh my God, I was wrapped. Yeah, I was in a coffee shop when you text actually. Oh, did I? And you, I remember telling you and you're like, 
wait, what? You've had the baby? Yeah, because I could not even, I couldn't pick up my phone and talk to anyone. I know. It was so weird, wasn't it? It was so weird. So weird. Because I'd gone from thinking like knowing that you'd gone home. Yeah. To no communication. I just assumed you'd gone to sleep. No. To Valerie May has been born. Soon as I had got home, Mm -hmm. I went into a room by myself. Leo came in at one stage. I was like, mom, can I have a sandwich? I was like, ask your dad. (laughs) Like, do not talk to me. Um, it just, I just, yeah, I just went into a bad mood, mm. like a really, really downward bad mood. Mm-hmm. And so, um, yeah, it was the biggest relief when she was finally got born, but again, went home. That's the time I got hungry jacks on the way home. So yes. we were home by like that 7.30 a.m. I think. No, cause I, um, oh yeah, well, it would have been in the morning. Yeah, it yeah. was, you got home in the morning. Yeah. So I just got home as soon as my paperwork was done, done. again. Yep. So I've never really made it to the ward. You're like, should I get hungry jacks? I'm like, you go get hungry yeah, jacks. You get, you it. get that yeah. whopper. With cheese. <laughs> yes. You've got to always add the cheese. And when you don't, it gets yeah. really depressing when you yes. get it. And you're like, the cheese. <laughs> yeah. But no, nah, and um, she was my least teary one. So mm. I only had like a minor tear and only needed a minor stitch. So that was, I only needed like one stitch. So my recovery with her was the best, like especially compared with Leo when I had the full episiotomy. Yeah. I remember the nurse or someone telling me, they're like, just don't look. Like mm. do not look down there. You are bruised and battered and you don't want to have that mental image. And I never looked. Like mm. I don't, don't. – I didn't want to yeah, see yeah. it. No. I would have looked. Yeah. Well, no. I followed the instructions. <laughs> um, all right, we'll finish it off with Archie. Mm-hmm. Not breach. <laughs> No, option not even for one it. time breached at any scan. Isn't that? I'm hooked. like, you're fucking kidding me. Of course, my third isn't breached when I have to have an elective Caesar because it's like you're not supposed to have um, a V back after you've had two Caesars. But he was head down the whole time. Oh, God. Um, it was a more uncomfortable birth. That was the only um, pregnancy for you. I remember you saying, like, oh, this is a bit like. Yeah, I had back pain. And yeah. I actually had the pain on your um, pubic area, which yes. I've never had. I always got that. Yeah, I'd never had that. I, I could never understand it. No. Until then. The pelvic, like, pressure. Yeah. Where it's like pressure. Yeah. 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 Um, so, yeah. Again, we didn't know the genders for any of them either. Um, and then booked my Caesar. Booked it for a Sunday again. You're just – you're the diva. <laughs> like, you're just making people work on a Sunday. I can't remember why I booked it for the um, – oh, because the Wednesday, which was the day that my obstetrician worked, because he's part of the Geelong Maternity Group where four obstetricians were on. So, the Wednesday where – it was Ollie's birthday. Oh, so you wanted to keep and them I separate. And I said I can't – so, the boy, like, Archie's the 27th of November and Ollie's the 1st of December. I was like, I can't deliver – Ollie and my third baby on the same like because I have the choice to choose their birth dates like oh, yeah I'm not choosing my third baby to have the same birthday as yeah. Ollie like so unfair yeah. so that's why we had the um Sunday date mm-hmm. Thursday we went on sale for our biggest ever Black Friday sale oh yes that um so this room that we're currently recording in had fucking Mr. Bottles everywhere like yeah <laughs> 1 a.m got up went to the toilet no, woke up with like a tummy pain, like a cramp, and I don't get cramps ever, not even with a period. Went to the toilet, mm-hmm. got back into bed, had a cramp again, needed to go to the toilet, had diarrhea. <laughs> and then I think that's when I lost my mucus plug because when I, I could see blood as well. Yeah, right. And I'm like, what the fuck, man? Like my season's booked for Sunday. It's only Thursday night. Like, come on. Um, and the thing is, mentally, 
if I had been given the opportunity to have a VBAC, you would have I would have embraced it. it. Yeah. It would have been completely different. But mentally I'm like, I'm not going through labour. When I know. When I'm I have to have yeah. surgery, mm. you know. Um, anyway, so called after a little bit. There was a couple of times I had to get up out of bed because I couldn't lay down for the pain that I was having. Yeah, you have to I walk just stood it up. off. Yeah. Again, it was so hard to explain. You'd put your phone on do not disturb because of I, all the orders that were coming through. No. So I'm Snapchatting you and messaging you and no response. No. Um, also came into here, put all our international um, labels on because that was one thing I knew that mum wouldn't be able to do. <laughs> Whereas I knew that if I could print the labels here, she all she had to do was stick the labels on the packages. Meanwhile, you're contracting. You've got surgery yeah. booked for a few days' time. Yeah. But you're going to have a baby I was soon. just thinking, like, like, get these labels on. get these labels on the orders. Get these DHL Express labels on um, and Mel can deal with the rest tomorrow, mum and Mel. So, anyway, mum and dad came in and Mitch just didn't get out of bed. He just stayed in bed. <laughs> Mitch sounds like a hero <laughs> so far. Mitch just went to sleep. Mitch just didn't get out of bed. So, mum's, like, jumped in my side of the bed and then dad's just standing there like, you okay? You okay? Um, and I thought – I rang hospital and I just said this is what's happened. Again, they were like stay at home and go to sleep, which I wish I just had it done. But could you but have – Again, like, it was so hard for me to just – I'd never felt – I'd never yeah. felt – well, I wasn't supposed to go into labour. No, again. Again. Like not that I went into active labour with Ollie, but this this, I, this time I did end up in active labour. And scarier because he was like the right way down. Yeah. Like you're like – yeah. Um, so we went into hospital, probably got there at say three and they monitored again. Everyone was, um, chill. They were like, let's just monitor you overnight. Your Caesar's booked for Sunday. And it was kind of sentimental as well for me to have my same obstetrician do my third and final Caesar Mm -hmm. as opposed to having a different obstetrician. Again, if she had to hit the fan, I would have just had whoever. You wouldn't have been like, soz. No, I wouldn't have. I want my old. Um, (laughs) anyway, they were like. Just go home. No, we'll monitor you for a few hours, try and lay down. Mitch had gone to sleep. Um, Shock. <laughs> but I, I was in enough pain I had to have morphine. Oh. I had to keep jumping out of the hospital bed and stand up. And I, again, I was just thinking like, this is so unfair. Like I'm not supposed to be awake all night mm. when I'm having a Caesar. Yeah. Um, and then in the morning, this is the Friday morning, before they could let me go home, I had to have an internal to make sure that um, my like nothing was progressively happening. And they were just going to let you contract for like, f- what, three well, days? Obviously I wasn't in like contracting, contracting in their books, but in my books I'm like, this is fucked. This is like yeah. 10 centimetres dilated. Yeah, pill. I'm like, I'm, I've got to push the baby out. <laughs> the baby's coming any moment. Um, and so Mitch is sitting where you're sitting mm-hmm. and I'm laying here and I've never had anything remotely, like I've, I'd had two Caesars no reason for any internals and the obstetrician that was on in the morning was like we're just gonna do an internal and just walked in and went and Mitch was where you are and he was like (laughs) dying watching like another man put his (laughs) (laughs) and he just thought oh my fucking god and I I was looking at him thinking that you should not be right there right now yeah he's in like that he's at like yeah. <laughs> Front row seats. Yeah. yeah. So any, anyway, cut a long story short, everything was all good for me to go home. So I went home Friday morning. They were like, just if it gets horrendously worse. Wait, so were you dilated? No. Not at all. Well, I don't know if I was dilated, but it was safe for me to go home. Yeah. He just Maybe said like, like one to two. Yeah. Or and there was a still enough fluid around the baby, the baby that it was everything was still safe. Mm-hmm. 
I uh, went home and then by the afternoon I called back I called them back at probably like five o'clock and I'm like I'm so done with this like I'm having mm. a Caesar like can't we just do it I'm just like I'm done you know mm. I was feeling incredibly drained and I know it probably wasn't even a labor that was that bad that you would have gone through yeah but in my like I was going to have a Caesar oh it would so frustrate like, me why, too why yeah. am I going through this um and that was the day that I text my obstetrician and I'm like I'm in labor. And I'm so devastated that you're not going to be um, there because this was the Friday. So he didn't start his um, shift weekend shift till Saturday morning. Anyway, Friday night, got McDonald's. You're supposed to fast before having Caesars, like elective Caesars. I'm like, if you have to have an emergency Caesar, you haven't fasted. No, no. So it's going to be fine. I ate half a McChicken burger instead of the whole one. I was actually so proud of myself. Oh, my God. Um, and then said goodbye to the kids. And I'm like, I'm going in and I'm not coming home. Like, I'm having <laughs> this baby no matter what happens. And then say we got in there at 7 o'clock. The obstetrician came in, checked. Again, the fluid, everything was safe. They were like, we can definitely do an emergency Caesar, but Michael starts first thing tomorrow morning. So they're like, just wait it out overnight? If you can wait it out while, like, while you can, he starts first thing tomorrow morning. And again, this was like, you know, 7 or 8 or 9 p.m., whatever time it was. And I was like, okay, okay. Little did I know, he had actually said to the other obstetrician that was on, if we need to do an emergency Caesar, I'll come in and do it. Oh, my God. But I didn't know this at the time. Anyway. It's not what you know, I tell you. I know. Who you know. (laughs) Um, And then, so Mitch, again, just ate dinner and went to sleep. Mm -hmm. Did not get out of bed once when I was jumping out of bed having contractions. Just (laughs) can I say that out loud? Not once. He's going to listen. I was like crying at times. Get out. I was crying in pain, but I was also crying from being so incredibly frustrated and drained. Like. Again, I'm going through all this pain. I was having morphine at this stage and sleeping tablets and Panadol because I was in so much pain. Yeah. And I was just like, fuck, come on. Like, anyway, Michael came in and saw me on the Saturday morning. While he was seeing me, I had to stand up again, go through these contractions. Um, He was delivering in this birthing suite. So my Caesars just kept getting pushed back and pushed back. They had to wait for the theatre to be ready. Um... And then by the time we went in, I was like getting weird, wheeled down to theatre and I was thinking, I don't, I'm not even excited the way I was excited the last two because I was so tired. Mm. I'm thinking, fuck, here we go again with the spinal block. <laughs> Told the anaesthetist my two stories. Super skinny. He nailed it. Oh, get it. He out. absolutely <laughs> nailed it. He put anti-nausea then in before then when we got in gave me more not his first rodeo was it no and I'm like we're on here like (laughs) I'm like all right let's have this baby and again I was sure I was having a girl see some days all you need is just a good spinal block to lift your mood you know um and then this was the most I shouldn't say beautiful because my Caesars were beautiful but this one he got actually got put on my chest and I hadn't had that with the other two so that for me was I just cried and cried and cried and cried because I'd never had that. They, you know, they in the theatre they get taken over there and, okay. and wrapped up because it's so cold. And um, it was my the midwife's idea, whoever was on at that time. And um, yeah, she asked she asked my obstetrician and he said yes. And so the sheet got put down that he got put on my chest. I had about let's just say four minutes, but it just it was so made special. that so special. Like everything that had just happened, I didn't care. 
because it was just so beautiful. The anaesthetist had nailed the beginning of my Caesar. <laughs> and then this experience of having him being put onto my chest was just, yeah, it was amazing. Like, worth it. Yeah. yeah. Um, and something that I would highly recommend to anyone else having a Caesar, there's actually a word for it, and I'm not smart enough to know the word, maybe maternal assistant, assisted Caesars. It's becoming a thing mm. now. But if you do have to have a Caesar – ask your obstetrician or ask your midwife or something about someone about doing something like that. I highly recommend it. Now that we've wrapped up birth stories, let's talk quickly about feeding. It's pretty relevant to our business Mm -hmm. and it basically is how Mr. started. Yes. Quite literally. So, yeah. Um, Do you want to start? Yeah. Okay. So I, um, so Leo was. Sorry, I'll just cut you off. This is another thing that people consume. When they're in this realm of feeding. Oh, yes. How you feed your baby. Yes. It's like it's, a hot topic at like, mother's group. It's just, <laughs> it's consumed and pe- even strangers have the nerve to say, oh, and how, how are you feeding? Yeah. Like, fuck off. It's so Do I bizarre. ask you how you feed your husband at home or how you feed your toddlers at home or how you feed your teenagers? Mm. No. No. Go away. I don't yeah. care. Exactly. I'll do what's best for my family. Exactly. Thanks. Yeah. So Leo was um, seven weeks old when I sort of realised he just wasn't hungry. Like I accidentally – I mean, he was starving. So I accidentally starved him for a solid seven weeks. I don't know. He's just like hungry um, as a baby. And eventually I'm like, okay, I'll introduce formula. So he was exclusively breastfed until then. Like he was fine. He breastfed fine, but he was just never satisfied. And then at the seven-week mark, I introduced a little bit of formula. Off your own – I'm just going to go do it. You just went to the yeah. shop, bought some formula. I was like, this needs to be done. Yeah. I'll do it. Didn't talk to anyone about it. Didn't talk to anyone about it. I was yeah. just like, I'm just going to do this yeah. because he's hungry. And if I'm not giving him enough, then I'll just get more mm-hmm. and buy more. Mm-hmm. So I did that. I think his first amount was like 70 mil that I made, this first bottle. And instantly he was like, okay, thanks, mum. Good that, night. About time. So I'll sleep now. <laughs> also, I accidentally froze him to death too, but that's just – You've already told that story. <laughs> oh, okay, yeah. So, froze him and starved, starved him. So, mum of the year over here, I had no idea what I was doing. Um, and, yeah, and I just mixed fed from then on, did not care about what anyone said, thought. I didn't care. Like, mm-hmm. I just remember doing it and I'm like, it's so hard to make a bottle. Like, why would anyone do it this way? Mm-hmm. Um. And then obviously hence after that, hence mister. But yeah, like I just, I don't care. Like I was like, this is what needs to happen for my baby. This it wasn't what even I'm like do. you had the attitude though that I don't care. It was, you genuinely didn't have the thought process about caring. Yeah. I just didn't think about what you other people. You didn't think about anything else. No. You just did what you needed to do. Yeah. In, at that in time my situation. For you. Like you weren't umming and ahhing, you weren't talking to your girlfriends about it, you weren't, mum, should I do this? Aaron, should I do this? Like you just no, did it. I don't think I even had a discussion. No, with you just did it. Yeah. Like, which I think that's amazing because so many other mums out there um and are and question their decisions and and just and you yeah. just did it without even thinking, oh, I don't care what other people think. You actually didn't even need to think like that because you genuinely. Didn't, didn't care. care. <laughs> no. Yeah. Like I was just like, this is just what I need to do. Totally. Like this is the most important thing here. Yeah. Like why this would I gonna care? This is going to help me sleep. This is going to help everyone sleep. Yeah. You know? So no, um, I just did what I had to do. And yeah. I'm so glad I did introduce formula because it was what he needed. And um, 
we and then you mix from then. Yeah, mixed yeah. fed from then on. So I think you breastfed at home. I hate I'm just telling your story. I'm just telling your story here. <laughs> yeah, you would breastfeed fine. at home. Yes, I didn't like it. You breastfeeding in public. G double G H G H I J K L M N O P whatever the size they are. So I typically get my own alphabet, but they're ten G now or then now. Oh, back then they would have had their own alphabet. Yeah, that's what I mean. I would have been like ten like. I can't even invent a letter. I was going to make up a letter. I was going to say qu, but I'm like, Q's a letter. Um, They were huge. Mm. And I hated breastfeeding in public. Like I hated it. I hated going into another room and doing it. I kind of guess I felt guilty that I didn't like – fall in love with the breastfeeding experience I guess maybe a little like I wasn't like other people I remember not feeling like I wasn't like that oh good I was not like this is just such a beautiful thing right now that we're doing together I just did it because that was the way to feed my babies yeah yeah and and I think it's beautiful and I think that if you are connected in that way like my dad was breastfed until he was like a full-on toddler Mm -hmm. so like there's obviously like it is a beautiful thing and I understand that but I never felt that like it was just for me a way to feed my child I was like oh this is pretty cool and that's what I think with society now I'm like not everyone feels the same as what society tells you to feel no exactly like just because people like love that breastfeeding experience that's amazing for them and those like not for everyone. No. And it's for like everything else. So I'd gone through not getting that instant, oh my God, I love you at birth, to then feeling that, oh my God, I love breastfeeding. Like I remember sitting on the couch the first couple of weeks and you're just like, you're just like, is this it? Is this what everyone bangs on about? Like have have a baby. It's the most beautiful thing. And I'm like, I'm just sitting on the couch. I haven't changed out of this purple dressing gown for like literally two weeks. Like, is this what it is? And you get like the baby blues a little bit. Yep. Um and then, yeah, then I snapped out of that once you start moving. And anyway, as soon as I, fa- I started introduced formula, I felt free, mm-hmm. like for me, because it was like, oh my God, this, it's, I tried something and it worked. And you went back to um, eyelashes pretty quick. So I went back to work at, um, I think eight weeks or yeah. 10 weeks or something like that. Yeah. So, so it gave you a bit of your um, identity back. And yeah, exactly. I feel. never yeah. wanted to lose like yeah. that. Um, I wanted to feel like me as quickly as possible. Yeah. And then, so that was Leo mix fed mm-hmm. for Evs. And then um, I think I cut out breastfeeding maybe at the 10 month mark completely. Um, Valerie and Penelope. So I introduced formula from like literally straight home from hospital because I just, I like mix feeding. It's my choice and I like to do it. And um, it's definitely, you know, my husband, Aaron likes getting involved. He loves it. So shock <laughs> he's the most hands-on human in the planet um yeah I, it's just w- what I chose to do and I don't feel any guilt about the fact that that was my choice um yeah that's that's that that's that uh, yeah don't care what anyone has to say yeah it's that. yeah and I think again going back to what we said before it's not that you don't care what people have to say it just didn't even enter the didn't it, it wasn't even around like you're like more worried about the person at the gym worrying about what you, what way your hair flicks on the treadmill my hair flicks wrong off yeah you're like people are looking at me with my hair flicking wrong mm. but not what other people think about you, you and how you're feeding your baby pretty much yeah. so anything that's like important I don't really care about but anything that's not important watch me watch my care factor like skyrocket yeah nailed it yeah um all right well i I breastfed scarlet i i was in hospital with her for seven days six nights purely i stayed in long because mitch played footy and i wanted us him to stay over the night and then we go home together um the next morning so i did ask to stay an extra night shock um also my mom stayed in the hospital with me (laughs) 
Shocking. So I had her on the Monday <laughs> and we left Sunday morning. So Mitch stayed Monday night and Saturday night. He played in Melbourne, drove home with Hungry Jacks for us like late, late Saturday night. Mm-hmm. And um, mum stayed, I think, and we watched the footy together and then she went home. Um, but mum stayed in the hospital with me Tuesday night, Wednesday night, Thursday night, Friday night. <laughs> I did not want her to go. God. I'm like, don't leave me. Please don't leave me. Um, anyway, every single time I had to feed her, I had to call for a midwife to come in because I had no freaking idea what I was doing. Yeah. There's a video of my mum holding Scarlett's head while I was doing the football hold and I was to get so frustrated because I couldn't do it myself. I was just about to say, I also had to do the football hold. Mm, yeah. Hated it. Yeah, I had to do scar- the football hold on my right side, but I could feed her normal, like normally on my left. It was, mm-hmm. I don't know. Anyway, um, there's a video of mum saying to me, Demi, one day you're going to do this so easily. And I'm like, shut the fuck up. I'm not <laughs> like, this is so hard. Anyway, by the time I got home, it was easier. And what I had to do was roll towels up and have it on – like uh, for the football hold, so under, yeah. yeah. And I just set my I, – I never fed in my room, in bed. I always would get up. So I'd she'd be – she was in the bassinet in our room for the first six weeks. When she would wake for a feed, I would get up and go into the lounge room. Oh, going on like a rocking chair or something. Yeah, or, just or going to the lounge room. Yeah. Um, some mornings Mitch would wake up and be like, oh, did you even get up last night? I'd be like, I fucking hate you so much. <laughs> um <laughs> And then, but I just needed, like, he needed to sleep anyway. There was no point him. He didn't need to be up with me. I know. We did the same in my yeah. household. Yeah. And then we moved to the bassinet into her room from six weeks. And then um, I'd feed in her room. And my mum and my sister were so obsessed. That, like, they would get up in, in the middle of the night with me. Oh, that's so cute. And I would feed. And then they would do the burping and the swaddling and put her back down so I could go back to bed. I know. Um, and then, so I actually fed her till she was 12 months. Oh, right. Kind of long story short. Yeah. <laughs> I She was a very content baby. I think I've touched on it. I didn't need to do anything else. Yeah. And I, I was probably the most social I'd, I've been in the, the first 12 months of her life. I just pumped because she slept through so early. I just would pump, put it in the freezer. That was her. Ollie, I introduced formula at six weeks because I was like, what the fuck? Why, did, why is he crying so much? And, like, from 4 to 10 p.m., I was, like, I felt like he'd already sucked me dry. Mm. Um, and the first yes, time. Yes, that feeling of you just had no milk. Yeah, that's sucking which you I dry. never knew that because I'd, no. in my head I had so much for Scarlett, mm. but different babies. Yeah. Tried formula, I want to say, like, 50 mils, and his next poo had blood in it. And from then on. Oh, my God, this whole saga. This whole I remember saga. you like had yep. poo albums on your phone yep. and you'd send them to And me. it was all mucusy and um, we were in COVID 2020, so I couldn't get into a paediatrician. So I'd probably tried maybe like over three months, four or five formula bottles, and every time was a worse reaction. Like one time it was a projectile vomit, um, red cheeks, so on and so on. So I just stopped. I just never tried it again. And by that stage, he was having solids. And then we went into the hub and I, he didn't need to leave my side. And I fed him to – he stopped at about 11, 11 and a half months. Yeah, right. I tried to put him on the boob. He was only down to um, a feed at night, I want to say. Not interested. When did you get ma- – did you get mastitis? Because I only got it with Penelope. I got mastitis with Ollie. I feel like, yeah, you got it with yeah. Ollie as well. So we both got it just for our second bonds, yeah. not our first or our thirds. Yeah. Yeah, interesting. I remember being in the shower, like shaking, being so cold but under hot water. Yeah, like the fever. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then Archie – I'm pretty sure I introduced formula at four months. 
And so if I have a, I never pumped with Archie, whereas I pumped so much with Scarlett. No time Never, ever, ever pumped. So introduce formula, let's say four months. So if I ever left him, he would have a bottle. Mm-hmm. And then I'm the morning of the grand final last year, 2022. Yes. Was my last breastfeed with him. Oh, interesting. And I was like, okay, matey, daddy wins today. <laughs> Mummy ain't going to be home for a few days. <laughs> um, but he was done then as well. And like, again, he was, ten, I think, 10 months old and um, he was already having a bottle of a nighttime or something. Yeah. I think I was just feeding him in the morning. Yeah. And yeah. So you'd f- pretty much basically faked yeah. it out anyway. Yeah. You're just clinging on. Yeah. And I wasn't, I wasn't sad. No. Considering I breastfed majority of my mm-hmm. feeding journeys with three kids, I, I didn't, I wasn't mourning it. I wasn't sad. I wasn't like, this oh, is I'm going to miss this. No. Yeah. No. Nah. Absolutely not. I recall thinking, I think this is our last breastfeed. Yeah, I remember you telling me. But I don't recall thinking anything about it yeah. after that. Like yeah. I remember thinking at the time and then being like, okay, so what's for dinner? Yeah. Like, you know, like it's just. Yeah. But now I couldn't pinpoint the moment. Yeah. Yeah. And I think like overall we shared these stories because, yes, we've had people message us and want to know. We also have people assuming we were just formula from like didn't do any type of breastfeeding, mm-hmm. both of us. Um, and we're not advocating either way. No, we're just we're advocating be informed, do what's best for you, yeah. ignore the and noise. And we're, we're just trying to share our stories to be like this is what worked for us. Mm. A lot of people feel embarrassed that they've chosen to formula feed. Mm. Um, I know a a friend of mine, She, before she even gave birth to her first child, she goes, I just know formula will suit me. Mm. This is what I want to do. And she was sick of everyone going, but just wait till the baby comes. You'll want to breastfeed. And she goes, I have been myself for like 30-something years. I know I'm going to formula feed. And she's formula fed ever since. She hasn't looked back. You know, when your kids, when your babies grow up, no one's going to, they're not going to go to a job interview and be like, they're not going to be like, so how were you fed? Mm. And I'll say, formula, get out. Mm, you, don't, exactly. you don't get the job. Like it doesn't happen. now, like you, you know how you like, Demi, you've made so many new friends this year with school mums. Yes. We have not even spoken one ounce about feeding. No, at school. Like it's not in our realm anymore. So no. like once you're out of that space. I feel like after the age of one. Totally. The topic or the question yeah. completely disappears. You turn to, you turn to like toddlers or solids or whatever yeah Yeah. and then it goes to oh my god they're climbing or they're doing this or they're walking and yeah once you've had your final baby i think because i you know you have your first however many baby you have your first and your second however many babies you have you're still in the realm yeah but once you've had your final baby and you're completely out of it then you're just out of it yeah Yeah. all right so that was a (laughs) that went a bit longer than we anticipated but yes fine (laughs) yes no it's fine we um we wanted to let everyone know yeah. Anyway, you do you. <laughs> we'll do us. <laughs> Carry on with your life. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks. <laughs>